0: Hello, ranks Squad, and welcome to our first interactive transfer show here on Prediction. We are the Ranks FC Podcast. My name is Jack Collins, and I'll be your host today, and I'm joined by the full squad, the rank god, Mr. Sam Tye. How you doing, mate? Hello, my friend very well. Very excited for this. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's all very, very fun, and I'm looking forward to good evening, and the man of the moment, our transfer guru. Mr. Dean Jones. Take yes, it's nice. It's good, mate. It's um. Not only do we have people joining,
2: I think you get to see each other in real life. We just need to be stuck to the screen of seeing each other through Zoom calls or whatever. So it's nice to see you two as much as it is to see everybody else in the ranks board joining. Yeah,
0: absolutely. In the flesh. In the flesh. I'll repeat this a couple of times, but if you are ready to jump on and talk and ask us your question, uh, you just have to do the raised hand icon, which you'll see on your screen, uh, and our friends over at Prediction will make sure you are lined up and ready to come on. And chat. So, we're looking forward to speaking with a whole host of you today about a whole host of topics. But I think we should probably kick things off with the big news of the last couple of days, which was Killian Mbappé, who has said to PSG that he's not extending his contract past 2024. He sent them a letter. It's very old school. Mm. I like it. Um, but when you kind of look at that and the, the concepts all around it and what we're looking at with, with that, PSG now. Potentially going to have to sell Kylian Mbappe this yeah. summer if they want to make any money. Otherwise, he can walk for free next year. Dean, do you want to sort of walk us through the ins and outs and, and what this looks like in terms of where his destinations might well be? I mean, it looks like a mess, doesn't
2: it? I mean, that's where we're at because uh,
0: PSG didn't expect to be in a situation where
2: they had to sell him right now, um, but there's no way it's been made clear that they want to let him go for free. So, what now happens? And Mbappe is saying, "I'm not going to like force a transfer right now. I don't need to leave right now," but he does like he actually does leave, need to leave right now let's be honest there's only one club like primed right now to sign Kylian Mbappe and it's Real Madrid I don't know that he necessarily fits bang into that uh selection right now with the way that that team makeup is but he's going to have to as you see on like on the screen there like the stats attached to Kylian Mbappe his record at PSG absolutely ludicrous right and to be honest it doesn't matter where Real Madrid play him even if he can't play off the left if he does have to play centrally, and this was his record at PSG, it's a pretty good like record to say, okay, I still fancy this guy can go in there and score goals even if it's not his favourite position. Yeah, I mean, if there's a player worth breaking the bank for, I would suggest that that goals and assist combined tally more than one <laughs> goal or assist per game, per 90. We're talking about a very select calibre of player that can achieve this, right? We've yeah. yeah. Lo- we-, we long talked about it with Cristiano Ronaldo who managed to um, uptake maintain the kind of average several clubs and several eras it was amazing obviously Messi's done it too and I think Mbappe might be the only other one that can really do this that this is quite rare and no it's very rare yeah. and he's a very special player so if there is a player worth changing everything you thought you were planning in terms of a squad for it is quite possibly killing Mbappe and it's not that Real Madrid are coming from that perspective right it's not as if they'd never considered signing him but yeah. I, I would I would be willing to argue that they are not In a position right now where they thought they were ready to do it, that they would have a spot for him. I mean, all of their moves over the last couple of weeks have been, you know, making Vinicius front and centre. Take the number seven. Yep, the face of the club, take the number seven shirt. I mean, Benzema's gone, sure, but that doesn't necessarily mean the opening is there because Mbappe keeps saying that he doesn't want to play up front on his own. It's not that he has to play wide, it's that he wants to play with Olivier Giroud.
3: <laughs> Truth,
0: yeah, now, see, this is the flat rule. It's like, yeah, it's I'll the... come, but you have to sign Giroud first. <laughs> or maybe this is where they're talking about signing Hosselu. Yeah, yeah Hosselu is going to be the new Olivier Giroud yeah. for Real Madrid. I mean, it is an interesting one because you look at actually destinations where he might end up. And I would say that right now in football, there is a glut of exceptional left wingers. It feels like the position, maybe in the world, where footballers are just there. There is an over talent kind of burden on that left hand side. And you look at, you know look outside of what's going on in in, in these players in Killian and Shaw sure, and Vinicius Junior. But then you look to Serie A and you have Kvaratskhelia suddenly jumping out of nowhere. You have Raphael Liao lighting things up. You come to the Premier League. We've just seen an unbelievable season from Jack Grealish. We've seen Marcus Rashford drive from that left hand side. How many play? How many, how many many teams have a space right now? How many very elite sides? Let me rephrase that. Have a space right now where they're going, left wing is really the position that we need to invest in. The answer is very few. And, and that actually makes this quite a strange manoeuvre in many ways.
2: Yeah, again, it comes, Mbappe's going to have to accept he's not going to be a left winger for much longer. Like This is the thing. Like I've always thought he was going to end up being Thierry Henry anyway, like the way that he plays and everything. Obviously, Henry played wide for a long time and then ended up coming inside um i was just see grealish asked the other day Re, uh where where were you best and he was like wide but you have that ego and that drive like ronaldo had it too you've got to eventually become front and center and be that man that's the only way you really become a superstar superstar and el mbappe is gonna have to make that step so man united no there's not a gap there chelsea I and mean, they're kind of physically he's better than like raheem sterling but Chelsea aren't going to do that that move right now to get Mbappe. They're not in the situation to do that. It's not even champions. There's not even any European football. Like Kylian Mbappe is not going to go and do that. There's not a spot. So, like you said, Real Madrid's the only one that makes any sense. It really is. The thing is, right? This 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 game we play with ourselves. Like, right? well, who's got a spot? Who's got an opening? There's there's all the merit in the world in that, but at the end of the day, you can also just come straight at me and say. Well, I think Mbappe is the best player in the world. And if you hold that opinion, I think it is perfectly valid. Like, I don't yeah. know what the actual answer is. No. But Mbappe might be the best player in the world. And he's early 20s, mid-20s. Yes. Like, is this not a player that you move heaven and earth for and change all your plans for? And what's his dream club? His dream club is Real Madrid. Real Madrid have tried to sign him at least two or three times
0: before. Yeah, and he keeps turning them down. They feel like his dream club. He's so nervous. <laughs> he has to be ready. It's now, Killian. You've got to go. Yes. I've got to say. So I'm looking at the odds earlier. Right, his odds to stay at PSG currently one to two odd, Right. is I think pro- approximately minus one hundred. Approximately Real like Madrid so. minus one hundred in American terms. I'm going to use both the ones here. It's very yep, tough, tough, Very tough. Um, Real Madrid five to two, Manchester United seven to two, and then it goes down to Arsenal and Manchester City both at twenty five to one, Bayern Munich at thirty three to one, Chelsea at thirty three to one. Now, Chelsea obviously have ruled themselves out of this on paper, um, whether they were in that conversation or not, to begin with is a different kettle of fish. But that jump there from Manchester United 7-2 to to Manchester City at 25-1, to feels like a big jump for a team in Manchester City that are going to have just won the treble, are probably the best, best team in the world right now, or maybe definitely the best team in the world.
2: <laughs> maybe <laughs> definitely well I, I haven't de- no, they definitely ed- are
0: definitely maybe they yeah, definitely to are <laughs> famous to no City fans Nolan Liam Gallagher um, but you, you kind of look at that and think well they're gonna, potentially going to lose Maritz potentially going to lose Bernardo Silva potentially going to lose Gundogan does an opening appear here Manchester City go Why? Well, right, let's put the two best players two best young players in the world on the same team oh. and if they do that's pretty scary for everyone else.
2: Well, a lot of people thought Bellingham might end up at Man City and like, they were going to be in that conversation. He's ended up at Real Madrid, so maybe they get their own back and say, okay, we'll, we'll get Mbappe in- instead. There's no sign at the moment of Man City actually going down this path, but you can never say never. I mean, you think of the ownership, you think of where they're heading, you think of who could actually tempt Kylian Mbappe. Like Man City have got it all. They've got the manager, they've got the status, they've got the the structure of play they've got potentially the position I mean he's better than Jack Grealish so like they could be like sorry Jack like well Jack enjoyed your celebration either, you but know. that was the highlight of season Jack <laughs> might be able to take Gundawak's yeah it's just, just kick him inside and, and play him it's like where Foden ended up coming on in the final like Grealish played kind of that role in his last season for Aston Villa anyway so you can start to rejig things. imagine Man City reacted to winning the treble by signing Kylian Mbappe <laughs> That's what they need to do to stay there to win it again. The finals at Wembley next season of the Champions League final. Pep, go back to back Champions League titles with Killing and am Unpopular opinion. First.
0: I think you make them worse. Oh. No, don't oh. stop. He might be right though. <laughs> I think I'm probably right. Well, like I... Ireland did. No, I don't <laughs> think. I, I never said that. Yeah, no. <laughs> A lot of people did. A lot of people did. A lot of people didn't were that. wrong. Did. I no. don't say that. Um, I just wonder if, you know, part of the way that this team works is that Portland is the centre point, the focal point. He scores so many goals. And so much of Grealish assist, you know, season has been not about racking up numbers of goals and assists, but actually being that provider, stepping back, having yeah. that relationship. If you put two absolutely determined to be the single best player in the world in the same front line, are they going to speed off each other? Yeah, they yeah, yeah. I don't know. So here's, I hear, the other, here's, the he tried here's the other question. Here's the other If you play Mbappe on the left and he gets triple marks,
2: and you play Hall up front and he gets triple marks, the right winger is unmarked. So the right winger is now the best player in the world because
0: he scores 100 goals. Well, there you go. Bernardo said so we should stay <laughs> at Manchester City if they sign Kylian Mbappe. Reunite that Monaco team. Oh, hey, hear me out. out. Where's um, Falcao? Yeah, exactly. Let's get Timo Bakayoko in from Chelsea at Manchester City watching drive. <laughs> and um, right... Let's just reenact that if you want to come on and you're ready to have a chat, then put your hand up in the the chat downstairs and our friends at Prediction will make sure that you jump into this chat. Come and join us. It'll be fun. We're going to have a load of fun. Uh, When you do do that, make sure that at least your microphone, but maybe even your microphone and your webcam, if you want to do that. Be brave. Then you can come on. Yeah, so uh, it's all all very exciting. So uh, I think Ritunjay is going to be coming on first. Brilliant. Uh, uh, A loyal old school friend of the Rank
2: Squad. This is it. This is what I'm excited about tonight. We're actually getting to hear from people, obviously, on like Rank's the the podcast. Like, we get the comments in on Patreon and stuff, and we start to recognize names and like personalities and who the people support. Never actually chatted to any of them, unless they sent us a voice note with their predictions, which a couple of people did do. But come on, people, you're here. Chat to us for an hour.
0: Yeah, this is it. This is the big opportunity. And right, Ritunze is going to be on in a minute. But Brilliant. we're, uh, yeah, I mean, what's what's your bet on this? If you were, if you would stick on a bet on, on where Kylian Mbappe would end up at the end of this summer, would you actually say Real Madrid? Yeah. Or do you think he ends, he stays a season, another season at PSG? Say he goes to Real Madrid.
2: I really do. I like, I just don't see how it, that doesn't happen. Like, if, you, if you've presented with an opportunity like this, you have to go. Like, there's basically, like, there's turmoil around the, this now. Like I know people bounce back from situations like this before, and like it's not really the end of the world that you sent them a letter saying I'm not staying for that extra year. But from a PSG point of view, they do seem really, really rattled by this. And it's just like not again, mate. Come on, hundred other fans did it really early. He did really
0: early. No, he didn't have to send this letter in until the first yeah. of August. No, to totally. he no, has an opt-in next year rather than opt-out extra year. I could probably. have just texted. Yeah, he couldn't just text <laughs> again. But he didn't have to make a decision till the first of August. The fact that he has made that decision right now—well, this is a hard deal to it's... get over the line in, in mid-June. Well, it's, it's even more hard. It's even harder in August. Fine, but do you think it's because Benzema has left Real Madrid? Do, do we wonder if that's the 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 domino effect? Maybe, made
2: this Yeah, up? maybe he thinks that's it. Uh, well, he's uh, seeing everyone's going to Saudi Arabia. It's like a spot's going to open up somewhere. I might as well let everyone know that I'm on the market for whoever they want me to replace because I'm not going there yet. Oh, he can't go to Saudi Arabia they'll try <laughs> so I think I think he does end up at Real Madrid too because n- like nothing good nothing good can come of this if he ends up staying at PSG right yeah. PSG don't want him to stay and Mbappe may not want to leave now but he wants to leave within the next 12 months so ultimately yeah. this is coming to an end he's sort of backed himself into a corner here mm, which indeed. is a difficult spot but I think Real Madrid are going to save him by spending
0: 100 million on him yeah Okay. Yeah. Well, that's going to be interesting very interesting right we have our first guest. Let's go. Return J is coming on. Very excited to see what he has to say. So I'm going to say, hello, Return J. Yeah. Hi, guys. Can
4: you hear me now? We can yeah. indeed. All oh, out in the right? Perfect, 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 perfect. Yeah. Since we are talking about the travel winning best team in the world, uh, they're going to have to recruit more because either Gundo or Bernardo or both are going to leave. And we definitely have needed a left back for like five years now. So where where do you see, where do you see, like who do you see ending up at City? Like, and which positions do you think the club's going to stand? Because Mahrez might leave too, because the yeah. Saudi Arabian League is also interested in him. So yeah. we might need a right winger too. Who Who do you think we're going to get in?
0: DJ, where are City g- gonna go this summer? What do they want? Okay, so obviously
2: they are gonna need a left back. So um, if you watch the Champions League final, you just seen Inter Milan had a left back. He's DiMarco, and uh, they've they've looked into that. They, they've looked into it for a couple of months. So there's the potential that that comes around. Obviously, um, in the centre of midfield, there's uh, solutions that they're looking for. Kovacic is one that's already on the cards and that's very close to, to going through. There's a very, very, very outside chance that they hijack Arsenal, Arsenal's move for Declan Rice. Like, they yeah. have inquired for Declan Rice. That is how highly thought of he is and how they're thinking, do we really want him to join Arsenal, basically? Like, Arsenal ran us closest last season. They're signing a player we could actually quite do with. So there's the Declan Rice one, which, again, I don't think that'll happen now. I think Arsenal are too far along. But if they're not going to get him, maybe they still go for another central midfielder as well as Kovacic. Yeah. And then maybe another wide forward, like it depends if if Myers decides to take the money. I don't think necessarily he has to. He's still he actually racked up some really good numbers last season. In the time when it didn't seem a lot that he was necessarily first choice for Pep, he turned to him in some big moments, some big games, and he delivered some massive moments throughout that season for Man City, and they have to be very careful how many players they move on over the course so if Bernardo and Gundogan already go, I think you've got to be really careful about also moving on someone like Mares, who's been part of that project. Definitely. And look, also the elephant in the room here is, you know, what happens to Joao Cancelo? You know, does he yeah. get reintegrated or does he get sold? And I'm having a hard time believe that he will get sold because I think the price for Cancelo is, is pretty astronomical because I think everybody knows how good he is. OK, last six months, not gone to plan and they've got even better without him. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he's really, really good. Hmm. So City, having handed Arsenal two players last summer and gone, here you go, it's yeah. Gabi Jesus, so, like, ha- have a good one, and-, and Arsenal run them so close. This stuff, I, I think they've had their fingers burnt here, and, that- and I don't think they're going to do that again, particularly inside the Premier League. They should be very, very reticent and very careful about this. Yeah, they so should be, bad. I don't where think where Cancelo go, because we know that the rest of Europe struggles to match the cash of the Premier League. I think I think Cancelo ends up coming back into the fault. Now I don't know what position he actually plays because they've kind of moved on from his position. But maybe he sits in and plays as you know a Stones rotator. Could Cancelo cover that sort of vertical line? Could he play six into eight into midfield? I suspect possibly yes. Yeah. I think I think Cancelo's future here shapes an awful lot of what happens over the course of the summer for City.
0: I wonder. City going for Kieran Tierney. Now, I know there's been a lot of Newcastle links, and I know that his injury history is not great at this point. But I do think that what we've seen from him in a Celtic shirt, not in a Celtic shirt, but also in a Scotland shirt, when he's tucked in to the left-hand side of a back three to form that extra player, I think he's the kind of player that Pep would love Mm. and also provides a nice little option in there of a left-back becoming a left centre-back rather than a left centre-back becoming a left-back. It just gives them that kind of rotation, City. He's like, I'd be yeah. interested to see what that's difficulty with in. all this, of course, is that we're basing all of this on what Pep is doing right now with
2: his current structure. Call it three, two, four, one. And we're trying to put players into that. He might change that system. Four, four, two. He, might, nine, 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 nine. he genuinely might change it in the next three months. Alvarez and Haaland up time. And that changes and that changes things massively. And if you go back to last season, Mares was a massive part of this City team last season. He scored some really big goals, sure, but he was also like quite quite a consistent player. He was also a very consistent outball for a switch as well. He was actually a really important part tactically. And now he's not important at all. Cancelo went mm-hmm. from pivotal player to loaned out. Things happen so fast yeah, in this ecosystem.
0: It's, it's so hard for us to keep up. Yeah, very, very much so. Very much so. And right, there we have some answers for Ritunjay. I hope you really enjoyed that, mate. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what City do. Maybe this is cold parma season. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah, up. yeah maybe. <laughs> see you
5: guys.
0: Cheers, mate. Cheers, yeah. mate. All right. Next up, I believe it's Ahmed. He's mm-hmm. going to come on and have a chat with us as well. Oh, look at this! Oh, Ahmed. No. in this shirt, this. old school shirt. Love
3: that. <laughs> to do pod. Thank you for for doing this. Um, appreciate the work you guys put in. Um, so, what I want to talk about is Chelsea, obviously. Um, we've we obviously been quite heavy in the news recently um, for obvious reasons, because we've got a lot to address in the club, both in terms of incomings and outgoings. Uh, so I wanted to focus a bit more on the incoming, specifically in that midfield, uh, recruiting that partner for Enzo. Looks like we're going to miss out on Declan Rice, which is a for me a big howler because of the fact that he's got those connections to Chelsea and because his best mate, Mason Martin's at the club, who also looks like he's going to leave. So he's going to be joining Arsenal potentially, now we're we've got Kaiseido as our first choice, which I think is the best next best available, but there's gonna be a lot of competition for him and there's a chance that we don't get him. So I just wanted to ask, if we can't get Kaiseido, who would you put forward as a good alternative to be that DM for the season? Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: great a, question. Uh, yeah, thanks, mate. That's yeah. that's really good. Um way of setting it up I mean it's interesting I was I was coming in today and I, I knew that obviously we were going to be talking transfers and Chelsea was definitely going to come up so I was I was speaking to a, a contact and uh, was, was literally throwing up this I was like how do Chelsea allow this midfield to completely fall apart how do you lose Kante Kovacic Mount maybe Conor Gallagher whoever else I've forgotten Ruben oh, Loftus-Cheek oh, yeah. maybe even yeah like that's five midfielders I'm not saying oh, they're all as midfielders and Ruben Loftus listen to it <laughs> Um, I'm not saying that they're all as important as one other. That's five midfield players. Like, you can't lose all of those and expect to naturally progress and the player be ready, whoever comes in, to take Chelsea to the next level. And use the example of Caicedo coming in alongside Enzo. Like, yeah, obviously a great player. But there's this there's this big elephant in the room of like, is this team going to be experienced enough to straight away lift Chelsea to get him back in the Champions League. Now, I think Chelsea will definitely improve on... Um, well, last season now. But can they actually compete for the title like I've suggested on the pod that they will? And Caicedo has played one year of Premier League football. To stick him alongside Enzo, who's obviously like really, really good and everything else, but like having Declan Rice is totally, totally different to going to players like Caicedo. But as this person says to me, when it comes to setting this team up and the recruitment team planning their future sign-ins, they're no longer thinking like the old Chelsea used to think. Chelsea used to plan and buy players and say, "Okay, how are we going to win the Premier League next year or the year after? How are we going to make sure that we're in the Champions League final either next year or the year after? That's how they worked. Now it's like, "Okay, how do we make sure that in four years' time all these players are still worth loads of money and we get it all back while we also still compete? That's really, really difficult because if Chelsea invest in these 18 19 20 21 year olds like they have been over the last year and next season miss out on the champions league again you're suddenly falling behind in recruitment because players are no longer going to want to be part of that project because they won't believe that there's a guarantee you're going to be back in that champions league conversation and suddenly chelsea find themselves stuck on the outside looking in this massive project massive investment that is suddenly starting to look it actually has gone wrong so yeah, Declan Rice, for me, is a much, much better signing than Caicedo, or needs to go in there with Caicedo. And at the moment, I don't think they're being linked with players that have enough. So they're that little bit older that they are 100% of success for next season. True, true. I mean, I find the Declan Rice thing baffling because they spent two years chasing him when they didn't necessarily need him. Mm. And now they need him more than ever. And they couldn't be further away from him. Yeah is absolutely bizarre. The whole thing is upside down. And it's a big shame for Chelsea and Chelsea fans, of course. I think if Rice is off the table, then Moises Caicedo is the next best option. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and if it's not Caicedo, if he ends up going somewhere else, when oh, we start to run down the list, we, get, we do get a little bit cheaper. But, you know, my next suggestion would have been Manuel Ugarte from Sporting. He's not that much cheaper, is he? Apparently. Oh. If he's going to go to PSG for 50, 60 million, then he didn't turn out to be too much cheaper. If he's already booked and he's going to PSG... We're moving down to Manu Kone at Gladbach. Moving down to yeah, Kefren me I mean, the irony of this all is that there's been a player on Chelsea's books all season that I think is just fine. His name is Zachariah, Zachariah and no one at the club knows his phone number and he doesn't come to training anymore. He's no. not allowed in the building. It's ridiculous. He is fine as a profile to basically play in that midfield uh, spot next to Enzo. And the key, the key really is... You need legs next to Enzo. He's really good at lots of things, but he's not the most mobile player. And you probably need a bit of tenacity and a bit of ground coverage around him. That's mm-hmm. why Kante would have been good. That's why Zachariah is really good. And that's why Florentino Luis would be good. But I don't think you want to get on the phone to Rui Costa again. I think he'll, he'll probably just hang up immediately. I think he might be on the way
0: to jail. So...
2: I mean, I mean honest, <laughs> honestly, like it's, um, it's going to be tough to negotiate with Benfica again after January with Enzo. But we're down to sort of Torem Toram, um, Manuel
0: Agate, Manu Kone... But that, none of that addresses the fact, and I bring this back to Ahmed here, that what Dean said about uh, experience, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't where would it you go all. with it? Because you can look at someone like a Jeffrey you know, who I think is still, <laughs> there is life in the old dog yet without being too on you know, heavy. Um, but when you look at that, are you going into <laughs> Kef Ventura and, and you know, Manu Kone or are you looking at players on the other end of the spectrum because this is such a young,
2: just well, we, I mean, we, we we sort of take our lead from their direction, don't we? We try. Oh, I'm
3: asking Ahmed. Something. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, my bad. Oh, please oh, speak. <laughs> you're so, on, so yeah. So my opinion is, is that we should really kind of try as hard as we can to to keep Mason Mount, and then by extension, try and attract a project for Declan Rice, for him to come in. That, and I, I think with the fact that we're playing hardball with Manchester United. There is an avenue there where they just never come to an agreement on a fee. In which case, you're kind of you've got Pochettino who's desperate for Matt to stay. I'm really still praying something like that happens. If that doesn't, then you're looking at players like Manu Kone, Kefram Turan, where you're kind of it's a bit more of a gamble than an assured, reliable option. One question I had was about Yusuf Fofana, who I think mm. is he the one whose contract is running down? So he. Played for France at the World Cup, so he's got a bit yeah. more experience. Is he someone who could be a potential option
0: as well? Yeah, I don't think. It's, I think his contract ends this summer. I think it ends next summer, um, but it might be winding down, as you say, which is a fair point. Yeah, I, I think there's joy there. I think if you're going to sign someone of that profile, you, you're in the same room. I think you'd put use of on. and I really like him, and I like that Monaco midfield a lot. But yeah. If you're looking at that, you're looking at Turam, you're looking at manukone and I would say that these are players in the same bracket of, of where they are right now in their career. True, course. but what, as he says, like one has played at a World
2: Cup. Yeah, that, I mean that does does count for a lot in terms of just that maturity. I think. Yeah. Well, like, in terms of Mason Mount, like I'm totally with you. I can't believe they're allowing this to happen. Like this, despite everything I've been fed for the last three, four months. Like he's going, he's going, he's going. I've been like. Yeah, but he won't really, because he's like he's just Chelsea. Chelsea, you don't allow a player that came through to just go and join Man United like that. And again, like you come back to like the the fee for Mason Mount and Man United say okay, forty million pound. Chelsea like no, this player is seventy million pound, and they're like no, he's not. That's fine right now. It's off season. The transfer window literally opens today. You can knock back an offer for forty million pound today, and that's fine. In a month's time. Mason Mount is still a Chelsea player, has no signs of signing a new contract, is not part of the pre-season plans. Man United are like, are you taking this money or not? And they're like, uh, no, we want 70 million. You you lose negotiating ground straight away. So as soon as we get to pre-season, if Mason Mount is still a Chelsea player, there becomes less and less chance of them striking a deal. So Chelsea are going to have to accept this ain't going to go above 50 million pound. There's no way that it's going above 50 million pound. Like it shouldn't either. Like that's if they're going to allow this situation to come around whereby they want a player to have resale value or that is it. You have to leave Chelsea. They have to also accept
0: that you're net getting above 50 million pound for him. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I also think that if Chelsea are like this is a 70 million pound player, then you need to pay him 300 grand a week. Which is those two things don't yeah, exactly the same yeah. They would <laughs> they would do
1: normally. Um, poor, but, mace. It, poor, mace. poor Mace.
0: Money Mace making money. Um, right so, um, thank you so much for coming yeah, on I like, really, really appreciate it cheers cheers guys awesome wicked. yeah lots of work to do at chelsea um it's, uh, this
2: bit... yeah melon of the season yeah. todd burley uh, as he was being crowned today on, on ranks fc um has to really figure out uh, how he fixes this problem because
0: he's yeah he has got Massive issues on his hands, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, why is We spoke about it right at the stop there, and we've got Michael coming on in a second, so I just want to talk about it yep. briefly. But because is still the favourite, if you will, to go to Chelsea six to four to go to Chelsea, seven to four to go to Arsenal, six to one to go to Manchester United, and so it does feel like Chelsea is on that. I really moment. see Chelsea as a strong destination for him here,
2: and and I would have ordinarily believed that Arsenal were ahead, but surely. I mean, I might just be completely wrong, but if Arsenal were going to close a deal for Declan Rice at 80, 90 million, can they genuinely afford to go and put something together that's quite similar for Moises Caicedo? You know, bearing in mind, they do have other positions to fill and other strengths and that they need to need to find. Yeah, I that's mean, they like... had a lot of money on a midfield, by the way, which was pretty damn good last year. Yeah. It's not the sort of midfield you look at and go, yeah, that needs
0: total surgery. We've got to spend at least 100 a single well, day. They're, they're losing, obviously, Granit Xhaka, and there is talk that Thomas might be on his way as well. So if you do lose both those players, then suddenly you do need two good, high-class central midfielders to go and to go and. Oh, certainly get those it, Certainly get it with Jacker, and then I see um, Havertz linked as well, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. Lots so of things,
2: that's,
6: that's lots of things to
0: think about, right? Michael's here. Let's chat to Michael. Michael, how you doing, mate?
4: I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Yeah, really good. Really good. What's that shirt? That's cool. That's uh, San Diego Loyal baby. Oh, I love it. Come on, do you know? Dean's
2: i know it i know it um i'm trying to get to a san diego loyal game um end of july yeah so um michael have you been to many games is it good You're i'm a season t- ticket holder no way yeah. oh, oh, God. i'll meet you at the game take him with yeah, you with know i'll get you a ticket you? In the face. yeah i basically got back-to-back games lined up i can't remember who loyal play it's like 25th of july or something and then the week after i go to san diego wave against angel city Oh, um, man.
4: so that's my schedule so yeah i'll hit you up mate for sure fantastic please do michael so, what's your question yeah so i have a couple first of all thank you guys for hosting this. this is really cool um and you guys are probably the best uh football podcast i listen to even though i listen oh, to like, like four too. or five but you, you guys are awesome <laughs> uh, i'll start off that I, I don't appreciate you guys mentioning kefren Teram to Ahmed uh because my liverpool team uh are looking for a couple new midfielders uh, and he's kind of at the top of the list. So a couple questions. One is obviously Liverpool, they do their dealings kind of on the down low and we really don't hear anything much until kind of it happens. McAllister might be that one exception um, that I've seen so far. Uh, so I want to know from Dean, how likely is that Kefran Turam uh, transfer? Because it looks like a pretty nice fit as a box to box with how big he is and physical and just overall studly. Um, And then I also want to know how valid these uh, Chiesa transfer rumors are, because I think we might need a backup for Mo for AFCON, um, but I'm not sure how likely we are just to spend 35 mil on a whim because he's available because Juve's in financial troubles. Um, And the last question goes back to Taram is how good can he really be? Because he's pretty crazy uh, physically. And I just I want to know. I've only been watching him for the past, you know, couple of months watching some uh, Nice games, but. Want to hear what your opinion was from you guys. So thanks so much. Yeah, wicked.
2: Um, So, so so obviously like Manu Kone and, and uh, Kefran Tiram are talked like they're like joined at the hip whenever, like every single Liverpool story is like, well, it's Tiram and Kone. Like they're inseparable. And it's like, they're not the same person. Like (laughs) you, you can talk about these two separately. And I personally, from conversation I've had, I think Turam seems more likely than Kone. That's what that's, the reading I've got of it so far, it's really difficult with Liverpool. I'll be honest. Like it's getting easier because the McAllister thing was like, as Mike says, it was kind of like quite well publicised. Because it was well public. It was only oh, well oh, publicized he... like two days beforehand, and then suddenly it all was through. It was, it was like gone. right, That's done. Either. It was months of months of. Well, his agents happened, made it clear it was. It came through like that he was leaving. that so yeah. that was fed that he was leaving, and then it became possible for it's become more of an open secret that he was going. So it, I think it was one of the rarities of Liverpool, like being an, yeah, openly talked about that a player was joining and then it actually I happened. I couldn't figure out if that was because he's Argentinian and their press are prolific. A little bit. Because their front office is changing now. Obviously, Yeah. Like, will that genuinely change the way Liverpool do business and, and whether or not you can hear a little bit more? Maybe, yeah. I mean, they. <laughs> uh, it's... <laughs> It's definitely been a bit different this year. I mean, there's been... I've got a list of players that, Um I was talking about the other day and, like, they talk about James Ward-Prowse. They were looking at Ward-Prowse was linked for twenty-five million to, uh, from Southampton. Like one, he's not leaving for twenty-five million pound. Two, I don't think this is your problem. Like Ward-Prowse, not good enough for them. Is Ward- not good enough. Not, here. not. Like you're not just looking for someone who's good at set pieces here, and then you're looking for someone who's got legs, yeah. who is technically able to like keep possession and intercept. Like he's just not any of those things anymore. James Ward-Prowse he had a poor season, to be honest with you. I wrote in like February, March that they'd started to scout Palinia. I didn't even want to write it because I was like, actually this really fits with what I need to do. <laughs> um, they haven't followed that up, so I hope they don't, but they probably should because Jao Palinja's energy in there would probably uh, allow a lot for that that remaining Liverpool midfield to actually thrive upon. But yeah, I think Kefran Turam looks like a really good fit Um I haven't seen a lot of me Michael. So I I don't know enough about like what you would actually be getting in this team. But everyone I speak to seems to think that that makes more sense. Yeah. So they're they're sort of being touted as like, you can have one of them, like which one would know which one would you like? And in in doing so, we fall into a little bit of a trap there of potentially sort of labeling them as exactly the same player, which is not fair because they do have differences. Oh yes. They both have great energy. They're both box to box players, but a great double pivot. I mean, yeah, they could be great together. Um, but Kefren Sorum, I think he's probably, I'd say, softer in possession. Uh, by softer, I don't mean easy to tackle. That's probably a bad way of putting it. I'd say smoother. I'd say yeah. smoother on the ball. Well, he's more th- glide. I, be- I think he's more press resistant. I think he does glide. I think he takes the ball under difficult circumstances and it can move and just beat a man and start to transform the way you're playing in terms of like take you from defence to attack really smoothly. He's really nice to watch, isn't he? He really does glide. And Kone, you know, He's not terrible at that, but I, I actually don't think you're necessarily passing him the ball while he's double marked. I wouldn't trust him necessarily in those areas, but I do think that he's a bit of an off the ball destroyer. I think he's got great energy. I think once the ball gets into the middle third and it ping-pongs around, he's on it and he wins everything. Yeah. So while they do have great athleticism and great qualities, I think Turan suits a team, a top team just a little bit better, maybe, if you're looking for ball progression. I think Liverpool might be looking for that.
0: Yeah, they might be looking for a bit more ball security. I don't think they might be looking for both, and and I think it would be not a bad double deal here if they if they bring in McAllister at the top of this kind of triangle, if you will, the the kind of ten in name, although we know Liverpool don't necessarily play with a ten, and then you play Tourame and Kone alongside him. Mm. You're looking at a lot, like you know, we spoke we've spoken all season long about the fact that Liverpool have struggled in midfield, and if they go and they sign these players and the kind of money around both of them was talked at around the 40 million euros mark. So let's say 35 million pounds. If you sign them three and Alexis at these funds, you've signed all three for less or about the same as Chelsea signed Enzo Fernandez for. Yeah. That is an incredible and Bellingham and to, to Real Madrid. That is an well. incredible revamp. I yeah. mean, we should remember like
2: Curtis Jones came in at the back end of last season and was really like he was actually like But not the answer long. He's not the answer, but he has to have chances because he was really, really good. Yeah. And they have they, they always want that like homegrown figure within that team. Yeah. Jordan Henderson, I know he's not homegrown as such, but like He's been part of this team for a long time and he's gonna be faded out slowly. So you want like someone like Curtis Jones in there. Baichetic obviously has like become part of that too. Harvey Elliott's there too. Harvey Elliott's there as well. Not physical enough. So are then they that they need both.
0: Yeah, I am. I'm not convinced with think... all those that with all those names, I don't, I don't think, think Harvey Elliott can play in this midfield three for Liverpool. I don't think he's physical enough and offers what Klopp needs from his midfield. The successful midfields that we've seen under Jurgen Klopp do not include a player like Harvey Elliott. They don't, I'll accept that. But is there not is there not a way that they can coach him yeah. for something? If they start playing a number ten. <laughs> and if they start playing a number ten, then they may as well be playing Fabio Carvalho there. Oh, because he's a one. better profile than Harvey <laughs> Elliott for the there's ten. One, but I, I do think that you've now got Alexis in there who can play three different roles, right? Yeah. So you've got you've got I I don't think that Liverpool I think I like Curtis Jones as a player as well. I like Harvey Elliott. I think they're good players. I don't think they work in a clock midfield three. And I genuinely believe that if Liverpool want to kick on and, and get back into the Champions League and challenge again for the league next season, those midfields can't include... They can include Bacetic. I like Bacetic. Yeah. And I think he fits the bill. I don't think they can include the likes of Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones on a regular starting basis. They can have places in the squad, in the moving I in and out. But I I, Curtis see. Jones would be happy to play... 15-20 games a season for Liverpool right. for the next 10 he's, he's like, played like, 10 straight at the end of the season he's got a taste for it now yeah that's true there's your own league campaign to think about as well so he yeah, that's true yeah very important <laughs> cool okay right so we have another guest coming on in a second <coughs> I believe the Douglas is going to be joining us um, so, looking forward to that one and will keep you updated when he's, he's in mate he's there to get through uh, Douglas um, yeah yeah he's in it hey hello the Bayern shirt on, very good vibes. How you doing, man? Well, I'm trying to manifest rice to Bayern because I'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. You'll
2: be there all day. Yeah, I think that one's gone, hasn't it? It was never oh, there, mate. this is not obvious. Uh I'm a West Ham fan, so the last thing I want to do right now is talk about West Ham transfers, because that means rice to Arsenal. So, um, I was going to ask actually about the best competition in the world, which is the Conference League, surprisingly. Yep. And I was going to ask about Aston Villa in the Conference League next year. Because after watching what that many games a season has done to West Ham for two years, I'd be worried if I was a Villa fan right now. And I've also seen some crazy stuff like them with Dybala links and stuff like that. That's just not going to happen. So, realistically, how do they prepare for the Conference League?
0: Yeah. yeah, buy ten players. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it uh, feels like they're on the, the hunt for everyone. Sam, I mean, this is a, a good time to talk about Villa, I think. And what this is a squad, and I think you know, Doug will probably agree here that when you're looking at West Ham this year, and you look at the Villa squad, and you look at Emery and Moyes, if West Ham this season can go and win the Conference League, and they were, you know, absolutely excellent towards yeah. the end of that competition, then Villa have lots of opportunity and will feel that this is a very winnable thing next season how do you deal with that when you've now also got the back of a kind of oh we should maybe be finishing top eight at the same time that's a difficult balance Mm to right it's really difficult
2: because not only that but um yeah you've got this potential for maybe 15 extra games um villa will be okay in domestic cups because they don't get past the fa cup third rounds they don't need to worry about like another cup run um they contractually obliged to bow out in the third round um, but the Europa League, sorry, Europa Conference League, you know, could be could be another fifteen games. Then you've got thirty-eight in the Premier League, and the competition in the league for where Villa want to be, I'd say probably at its absolute peak in in the last twenty years or so, because they finished seventh, and that, and aiding that was Chelsea finishing twelfth and Tottenham finishing eighth, mm. because Newcastle have, have stormed the castle, and Villa are sort of trying to chip their way in as well. So what have you got? You've got nine clubs there that think they're top seven. Yeah, so something's yeah. got to give, and it will be Villa and their league season if the Conference League starts to extend into February and March. Because as you, as you well know, like it, eventually a manager will have to start prioritizing a competition. He basically just has to pick one, right? And And inevitably for a club of Villa or West Ham stature, you pick the European adventure because mm-hmm. it's yeah. a potential one in a lifetime. Yeah. I would say that they need two players for every position. They can't afford to do that. They yeah. won't do that. I um, mean... What I would also say is, going back to the fact you support West Ham, they didn't recruit the way they've been recruited. Like, bringing in Scamacca, who didn't fit with David Moyes' philosophy, that Skimaka's a really good forward. Yeah. And he's going to be, like, whoever he goes and joins, if he goes and joins Roma, I think he'll do brilliantly for Roma. But also, I think that they should sell him and get as much back in for him and reinvest that. And I think that that would have solved a lot of problems if West Ham had had a striker they could actually use properly during the course of the last week, even bringing Danny Ings, didn't even, to be honest, Ings wasn't even used as much as I expected. I think that Aston Villa, like definitely a prioritizing the center back. So like, Paul Torres keeps being mentioned. Harry Maguire has been mentioned so too. I mean, I don't know why either of them think that, you know, maybe either of those are the answer, but like, they're the ones. We we're talking earlier about Nicholas Jackson. Like, is he a good profile fit for Villa? Probably is. Like, probably is exactly what they, they need to be looking for. I'm told that like, a wide forward, but also an adaptable one is is something they're going to look for. Um, they need somebody to take some of the burden off of Ollie Watkins, obviously. Um, so I think that that is going to be interesting too. I'm not sure making Europe this season was the best thing that could have happened to me. I said it at the back. I was like, I kind of think they need to just miss out. But then again, they've got t elements. They're into a different ballpark now of players that they can actually go yeah. and sign. So you've got to... You've got to weigh it's, it all out. It's, really. a, it's a strange one because I feel like they need 10 players, but I know that they want to sign four really good ones to improve. Yeah. And I also appreciate that strategy because yeah. you want to get better, so you need to sign quality. The key thing here is the youth coming through. This is the point we'll end on here, is that they've got Jaden, that uh Philogene Bidace, they've got Aaron Ramsey, they've got Cameron Archer, they've got three, maybe four, Tim Orobenen, who was on loan at QPR, post, uh, two, maybe three, maybe four players yeah. that can come in and flesh that squad out. Those numbers are everything, as you well know, when it comes to those Thursday night games, particularly if you have to go to Bulgaria or something like that. Like Cameron Archer coming in and playing 90 minutes there. He's yeah, absolutely... Yeah, and anyway, look, West Ham, you might have Harvey Barnes soon, so you should be happy, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean...
5: <laughs> <it's> all... <laughs>
2: You could do a whole podcast on West Ham
0: recruitment. <laughs> we'll try the eye for the summer for you. We will do. We will do. Oh, Mate, thank you so much for coming on, Doug. really, really appreciate it. it. We're going to keep things rolling. Um, but you wouldn't trade that conference league win for any league position, would you? So that's all Villa fans do have to look forward to. Uh, just a reminder that if you do want to come on, you're ready with your mic camera, uh, click the raise your hand icon and the wonderful group of lads at Prediction will sort
5: you out. Right, Dom's on next. Dom, how are you doing? Hi guys, can you hear me? We can come. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks. You know, guys, I've been a part of the rank squad for probably a couple of years, but it's the first time I've been in touch, so good to speak with how you. Legend. Oh Ledge. Great How awesome, How you doing? Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm a Chelsea fan, so I to the to the rest of the audience who've had to listen to a second uh, Chelsea fan asking questions. But I guess really I think I do think the midfield number six position is probably the for me, the most pressing concern, but also we need to get goals from somewhere as well. Mm. And I'm not sure Lukaku will end up being the solution. I don't think that probably works for Chelsea fans or Lukaku realistically based on the yeah. past. So just keen from your perspectives, who do you think will be targeting realistically? Um, and if if one or, one or two of you can maybe give a bit of a prediction for who you think will be starting up top next year for us, because... I don't think Potch is like previous managers we've had who are comfortable to have a sort of a roaming or a sort of a false nine sort of position. I think he'll want a fixed nine.
0: Yeah, Thanks.
2: I, agree. yeah I agree. History suggests that he's he likes a big man. He does. Yeah. He, Although he's always inherited those big
0: men, so I can never be sure. Yeah, that is true. Dean, what's the situation? What's the Chelsea striker situation? Then we'll have a, a think about how they all might play out.
2: Yeah, so... Obviously, waiting for Lukaku, they've been having to have this conversation. I don't think it like, is ideal for anyone that he would be back in there. Um, and I don't. I, my hunch is it won't happen. Um, I think you, he'll probably will either stay at Inter or go Saudi Arabia or somewhere else, just to, again try fre- something fresh. Uh, he's not against going back though. Like I've read a couple of places saying Lukaku doesn't want to go back. He understands he's a Chelsea player. I've spoken to people that are close to him. and They're like. He will go back. Like, he actually thinks he would do quite well in that Chelsea team. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I believe that. If you go through the profiling of, like, what Chelsea are looking at in other positions, you've got to be realistic about what kind of nine they would actually go and sign. If we're looking at age profiling, resale, but also goal-scoring pedigree, mm-hmm. Aussie Men's probably the one. Like, that is the one that... Garrett. Guarantees goals. Chelsea number nine doesn't ever guarantee goals. No matter who they get, but like that is probably your closest you're going to get to a guaranteed Premier League goalscorer in that side setup for next season. And they know that. Like I think men would be the dream signing for Chelsea as a number nine. It's a £115 million pounds if you can even get him out of Napoli. Which now split is gone, I
0: think is probably more doable than it no was. No wants to pay Men money for what Ossimen is worth. This is something I've noticed. Everyone seems to balk at the fee. Everyone's like, "Oh, 110 million for Osimen? We've been paying that. Why?" Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: like they pay it Kane, but not for him. Like, it's like, well, just go and do that. Like, go and do it. Otherwise, if you're just looking at people in the age, like I see, like um, you know, other players that are being linked, I'm um, just like, just not convinced. Like Lautaro Martinez keeps getting mentioned to me. I'm like. I don't think now Tara Martinez is the is the best race I'm trying to remember who Pochettino's not going to play him as a number nine is no, he no exactly the, yeah. the, um, budget alternative and I use the air uh, quotes because it's not budget at all it's going to cost absolute tons is Randall Colomawani. He's if you can't get Osimen, awesome but you want someone who can do a lot of what Ossiman awesome does five million pounds rate it, Randall Colomawani is is potentially your answer Vlaovic. I like Vlavic. Vlahovic is a bit I cheaper. That's is, not a bad shout. A is the Rasmus Hojlund uh, is the other one that mm. uh, you gotta be careful there. Though, what do I always say about the Man United thing? Playing up front for a club like United and a club like Chelsea, it can be tough when it's not going well. Look at the pressure. Look at the look at Kai Abbott's face when he misses yet another chance. You need a fair bit of experience here. Rasmus Hoyland here is 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 not one. It's too early saying. for anybody for me. I
0: think there's a couple of things I would add. There's a couple of free agents on the market that Chelsea should be in the discussion. Of what they should be in the Marcus Turan discussion. And I think that that's a, like something that doesn't seem to be being thrown around at all. The other one that I think that Chelsea might sign, not as a first-choice nine, but as a backup, is I can see them entering the Alfredo Morelos conversation. <laughs> oh, really? I think, and, and look, I think I'll be really interested to hear what Dom says about this. You have to be a certain calibre of persons to thrive in the number nine role at Chelsea and the people that have thrived in the number nine role at Chelsea are nasty pieces of work and Alfredo Morelos is a nasty piece of work I think him as a backup option on a free is a bit of sensible business that Chelsea should be involved
5: in what do you reckon Dom that's pretty out there I don't think I've heard that uh, (laughs) suggestion before I, I do think certainly Jack's onto something there does seem to be a Intangible element to what a striker needs at Chelsea. I do think Osimhen probably has that because of his background, the way that he fights for every ball. I see a lot of comparisons with Costa in some ways when I watch when I've seen Napoli play this year, just the way that he, I think he runs the channels and does a lot of work. Uh, M- Morelos, I'm not really sure whether he'd want to be a though, squad man. player. I don't even. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't
2: worry about like, that. I actually, I actually yeah. think Marcus Turan would. Is only good enough to be a squad player for Chelsea up front. I don't think he's the number nine that elevates them. I think he's a good player, but I if I was Chelsea and if I was Pochettino, I would want to aim higher. Yeah. Is the answer Harry Kane? Do you know what I'm surprised is no one actually ever tries to get Mitrovic from Fulham. No one ever tries. And like He's Mitrovic, got that nasty element. He would work so well. But don't get me a if if Mitrovic be joined very, Chelsea very cross. Undone. Sure Undone clear. <laughs> I won't watch football ever again. Dom, you hear this? This is possibly your fault.
1: <laughs>
2: but he has been mentioned to me before as someone that they do, they have profiled and they do like for like his his suitability to what they're looking at. And as you say, he's got the aggression. He's played in the Premier League for ages. He's got a bit
0: of everything. No one ever knocks on the door for. Him. I think they just accept that Mitros is at Fulham for life. I hope that's the case. I think you you have to be if Ch- if Fulham was to sell Mitrovic, we turned down a fifty million offer of two years ago when and that since then. He's like the eighth top scorer for club and country across Europe. Mm. I think you're looking at now a 60 million bid minimum. And for 60 million, I think you'd probably be like, for 10 million extra, I can probably elevate the level a bit further. And that was probably no. why why people aren't knocking on the- I don't want this to happen. I'm just saying. Okay, So Go far, on. you've managed to try and give Charles Polinia to Liverpool and Mitro <laughs> to Chelsea. So I'm starting to wonder what's going on. I'm worried. Dom, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's going to be a big summer for Chelsea. That's I'm excited by now. Uh, cheers for jumping on me. Um, right, Alan is here. Alan, how you doing? I'm great.
6: Doing well. And yourselves, guys? Yeah, we're good, man. We're good, man. Dean, you owe me a sign, me? Melon. By the way, check your Twitter. Yes. Okay. <laughs> sign what? Sign Melon. a sign Melon.
2: Assign melon. <laughs> Probably. Can you send those in the park? I have a couple <laughs> of
6: questions. Yeah, sign Melon. Uh, I have a couple of questions here. Oh, First of, uh, with uh, Declan Rice possibly going to Arsenal uh there's a lot of reports that edson alvarez is gonna go oh so, and maybe man you will see that and then my other question is should damn just get rid of the cap space with messi now going over there it makes no sense different question
0: <laughs> i love the variety it's a yeah we're really, really mixing it up um let's start with messi and we'll come back to alvarez because i like that question a lot. nice one um what was the messy question? Did Should you, the MLS cap space Caps, the Let's MLS get rid of cap space.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's the way that you start to progress from here. Like, it, it's worked to a certain degree. And, like, I think that there's a lot that MLS now need to um, move on from. You can see on the screen, like, this is what we're getting now landing uh, in MLS. Um, imagine playing 74 MLS games, what that goals and <laughs> assist is going to read. Like, it could be double. 74, 74, it yeah. It could be double. Um, so that's feasible, but yeah, MLS like it. They've got to, there are so many things that need to be changed. Like the Americanization of it, I understand is something that's dear to them, but this isn't other like their other sports, is it? And I think that for me, it needs to move forward. It's exactly as complicated as dead cap money and all sorts of other stuff in NFL, you yeah. know, salary caps, and it's you know, in a, in a football perspective, from a soccer perspective, it's pretty mind boggling. Uh, I would argue it stunts the ceiling. That's it the would problem. Definitely, yeah, hold it holds back a ceiling over the league. I don't know if they're ready to, you know, to to do this sort of thing. But obviously, with Messi, he's a he's a DP, right? So you can. Yeah, but it's this whatever. thing whereby there's like some players in the team running sixty grand a year, and then there's like Messi. You're like, okay, like these guys who are at the bottom. Like, surely they shouldn't be the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. Like, yeah, they but. I mean, they should be happy to be given sixty grand a year to play to run for Messi. Yeah, but this is the thing <laughs> because let you have to balance out the squad in this way because they have to balance it out by having these sixty grand a year players to yeah. get the other. Like you're just drawing the quality of that play down. It, it, yeah, it needs draws, to be, everything needs to be elevated to make it a better quality all-round product, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, they, they, the whole thing is geared towards scoring goals. It's entertainment, right? It's it's very much entertainment mm-hmm. first. It's, let's 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 let teams have three wicked attackers and not very good defenders. And then hopefully the attackers will score loads of goals and it'd be so good. Mm. That is basically the philosophy of MLS. And it's not going to cut it as they start to hit new
0: heights. I've got to say, there's there's plenty of merit in what both of you are saying, and I agree with you on principle, but in an era where we're seeing the financial elite pull away from everybody else in Europe, I think a salary cap in Europe or in the Premier League or individually within leagues it's something that I would I would rejoice at being in a place, yeah, because I think that there is an element there where you actually stop people just being able to fundamentally buy stuff, and and so therefore I would say that there is you know you can have as much money as you want to buy a thing, but if you can't use all that money, it doesn't make it. It changes the element mm-hmm. of it. So, so Harry Maguire is on sixty grand a year now. Wow. Well, so we're <laughs> so we're raising the salary cap. I think we should raise the salary cap rather <laughs> no, than get rid of it, right? That's that's probably where I get it. Right, let's come on from that and go to Edson Alvarez because this is a really, question I really like, and there's lots going on. i just lock my like first and talk about it. <laughs> I um, don't, I'm not his biggest fan.
2: No, no, I'm, I'm really not. Alan, are you particularly attached to Edson Alvarez? Yes, I'm, I'm Mexican myself, so I'm very yeah. yeah I, I, I've I've always liked him as well, <laughs> well. What do you like
6: about him though? What? Like, what what is it about Edson Alvarez that you think is so good? I mean he holds it down in the midfield. We've had a history of like great center center midfielders. I mean with like Herrera now he's kinda past his prime before that with Torado and so on and, and just been there. I mean he before he played center back. So even if we need him to be in the midfield, he could also go back to the defense we need to need just one of the better players to be physical out there because as Mexico's not as physical as any other countries sometimes. Yeah. Like. yeah.
2: So, where would you want him to go? Because, like, he could end up at Dortmund, or he yeah. could end up at West Ham.
6: If I had to choose, I think he would probably go to. Um, I think Leverkusen would be pretty good for him. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> <Not really> Leverkusen, he <laughs> a kind of better one. I mean, He's a kind of better one. He'd be great there. I mean, Dortmund would be great, but I think he'd drive more at Leverkusen.
2: So I've been trying.
6: I mentioned one I've been trying about Bayern because obviously
0: Chelsea tried to buy Alvarez twice when Tuchel was in charge, and yeah. those bids were what fifty-five and sixty, both knocked back. Now I think I actually accept lower than that this summer because obviously they have a summer to scout and and yeah. bring a replacement in. But Tuchel is at Bayern. And if he watches Borussia Dortmund starting to get into this bidding space for Edson Alvarez, I do wonder if he goes, no, not for me, thank you. I'll oh, write that. He yeah, you know speaks speak to any Bayern fan and they'll tell you that they really
2: need more defensive stability from midfield. They're, yeah, actually, they're, thing, they? they're actually quite over Goretzka, seemingly. And they want they want Kimmich to be partnered with someone like Edson Alvarez. Yeah. Now, I'm not his I'm not biggest fan because I think he's quite boring to watch. And that shouldn't really be a criticism because... As you, he come, does. as you rightly say, he holds the midfield down really well. He does, he does the dirty work. He does the basics. I do think he's a little bit technically limited. And context of, a, of an elite side, I, I just feel like if that midfield got super intense and they were in the middle of a Champions League duel, like I watched with, say, for example, Bayern Munich playing mm-hmm. against Barcelona this, uh, this season twice in the Champions League in the groups, when it gets fast and furious, the players that aren't quite technically there, they get found out really, really quick. And I was surprised to see that the player that stuck out for the wrong reasons in those duels was Marcel yeah. Sabitzer, and he's way more technically astute than Edson Alvarez. So yeah. that's my concern with him. And I feel like Ajax they sort of made his role very easy and very simple, five-yard passes. You know, just do the tackling. He does valuable things. I just wonder if he scales
0: up to the very top level in the right way. I, I, I've always worried about that. You know, fair enough. You Not mean, like, it's it's <laughs> <right? laughs> Yeah, well, let's get there. Let's get him there, as you say, and we'll see, see how it goes from there. Um, all right, thank you so much, nice Alan. Real pleasure to have you. you on, mate. We're starting to get towards the end of things, but we've got some more people to chat to before we before we finish up. So we'll try and speak to. It's mad that the
2: window only yeah. opened today, and there's so much to actually cover.
0: Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Like two and a half months after this. <laughs> cool, and the rest, mate, and the rest, yeah, and then we'll have stopped. some season to talk about as well. there's sorts of exciting things going on. So, True. Um, lots about those things. Um, how are you feeling about the summer in general, Dean? Because Scared. it is is set up for a big one. I've got a lot of work to do.
2: I've got a lot of things to do. <laughs> um, I mean, just in this conversation, we haven't like addressed yet the fact that like suddenly today we get arriving here, and it's reported that Barella might be on his way to Newcastle. You're like, what? Where did that come from? Like, I've heard whispers of it coming into the week, but, like, didn't take it that seriously, to be honest, mainly because, like, Inter Milan's whole team seems to be up for sale right now. And I'm like, well, they, this can't be true. Like, they can't all be leaving. Well, they usually have to sell one or two. They usually have to sell so one or two. So you've got to pick which one you think it is. Yeah, uh, but I don't think... I've I've just believed that Barella would never come to the Premier League. Suddenly, like, it's talked about £50 million. Pounds, Barella's going to Newcastle. Ooh, I'm going to be a bit sceptical about it right now. Um, if you are reading those reports, I've checked it out. And Newcastle basically seem very confident that this is happening. At the Italian end of things, they're like, no, we think they've got a bit carried away. Maybe they're running before they can walk with this one. Like, there's something in it, but it might have gone a bit fast too quick. Can we so just say that it won't be 50 million, it will be more. I mean, if that is 50 million, the then... million, then. And Liverpool have made a real mistake. <laughs> okay, they're basically in go a go conversation. That would be my take on the matter. Yeah, no, that be that would be true, but um, yeah, that would be well, a massive one to to have. All
0: right, money is with
1: us. Okay,
4: okay.
0: Right. Yeah. Manny.
6: Oh, in the in the gear. How you doing, mate? All as well. How are you guys? Yeah, really, really Love well. Okay. Really well. How's things? I'm I'm enjoying the session, and I oh. thought of prolonging it if I ask the question: Is Frankie going to Manchester this summer? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know if that would prolong him, honey, because I yeah, think it's the kind of thing that Dean would just be like, we're shutting this whole thing down right now. <laughs> um, I think that that's a stretch, but I don't think he's gonna be leaving
2: camp. That would be that would be like apart from the number nine, that would be the guy that they would go for. Like Ten Hag loves him. Like he thinks that he is the piece that just connects everything together. Right. And he's right. <laughs> the problem is He's at Barcelona and he doesn't want to leave Barcelona. And, and he's now a really key part of the team. He's actually Barcelona. become part of it. Like, since this rumour began, it's like Barcelona have been like, why are they so keen on him? Let's watch him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's really good, actually. Yeah, we should probably keep him. Um So, yeah, I'm afraid I don't see Frankie happening. Like, so you've got to start looking at, like, where else they might go. We haven't talked about Romeo Lavia in this conversation today. Like, I do think that that's going to come through as a narrative very quickly soon. There's going to be a few teams, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, that all have to look in that direction. Again, he's in that Caicedo boat of like not loads of Premier League experience, but so young and done so well in a rubbish team last season tells me that you're probably going to be all right, especially if it's like just under the 50 million mark. He's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I appreciate the concerns over the experience. I get it. Um, But sometimes... There's an opportunity to sign a player of this quality, and you can't get too bogged down in the weeds and the details because whoever signs Romeo Lavia next is not going to let them go. He's yeah. gone, right? He's gone. As soon as he goes to his next club, he's gone. So just make sure you're the next club, otherwise you miss out on him. It's, sometimes it's as simple as that. It's like the Mason Mount thing. So like, do they need? Like, do Man United genuinely need Mason Mount? He's not a crippling need for them. No. If someone's stupid enough to sell Mason Mount, you buy him and figure it out. Later.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Okay. All right, man. Have you got any other questions or is it, as you set?
6: Yeah, I would also like to know if there are any news of uh, United signing any strikers.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's called it just a one.
0: Very reasonable. reasonable. Gonna say, you want the full list? Um, yeah, let's have the list, Dean. How many yeah. how strikers are United linked with right now? I've got a list
2: I constantly have to go through every day and just make sure. Victor Oziman, Dusan Vlavic, Gonzalo Ramos, Kalimuani, Laltaro Martinez, Rasmus Hoyland. That's the, like, mm-hmm. list beyond Harry Kane. Harry Kane will not be joining Man United. There is a ah, 100% chance. I wasn't going to say zero. I did that once on Nicolas Pepe. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, this is new. What, Harry Kane? Well, not like new, new. but what, Nicolas, Nicolas Pepe? Nicolas Pepe did join Nicolas <laughs> Pepe, should <he? laughs> Nicolas um, lads. Um,
2: Tottenham are not interested in this. Like, Daniel Levy's just not having it. Like, United, like, Kane's purpose, isn't he? Imagine bringing Harry Kane's goals into that team. is everything. Man United, I mean, there are reports today that this is the case too. They're like, ready to give up on, on Harry Kane. Um, I don't think it's that they're giving up because they, like, don't want him. It's because they know they can't get him. Look at that goals record season after season after season you know it was a one season wonder when he got those 21 goals we thought that was going to be as good as it got um been absolutely insane how he has managed to keep the consistency in terms of finding the net like i remember interviewing him in that season and it was a bit of a joke that he'd done so well like we were like it's this lad that's been on loan at like mk dons and norwich and stuff and it was like whoa you did really well well done mate uh like, yeah, cheers. And when he made his breakthrough in the Europa League, he was in goal. I was there. I was there. And Harry Kane was in goal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, speaking <laughs> to people, like they're just like Daniel Levy just will not sell him. And I think the fact they're not to
3: anyone,
2: they're saying to anyone, like they are saying right now, Daniel Levy will not sell Harry Kane at all this summer. Like they're saying, I'm told there's no chance. They, they just won't sell him. So the only way that changes is if Harry Kane. Properly kicks up a fuss. So we'll see. Like, obviously, he's on international duty. Then he goes away on holiday. Then we get to pre season. That's the moment. Yeah, there's there's a lot there, mate. There's a lot there. Um, but if you're getting a United shirt with Harry Kane 9 on the back, don't bother. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, a sensible maneuver. That's really good. Manu, thank you so much for jumping thank on. We really appreciate it. And Armin is going to be joining us in a second. So, I mean, that is not necessarily news, I would say, DJing to me, but it's definitely... I think people always expect that there's going to be a chance. I think like, oh, if you put God, down 100 million, yeah. hundred
2: million, you could get him. Um, <laughs> money can't buy Harry Kane from, if you're Money United. I, I honestly think it's almost to that point. Like, Daniel Levy, to have Ange Postacoglu there with like an inexperienced Premier League manager who the fan base don't really know, to have him in the dugout and no Harry Kane on the pitch... They'd be like, and no, Larice, no, no captain. They're like, where's the identity of our
0: team here? Like, we don't know who anyone is. Mm. Like, is it- I tell you what, if Ange can give them anything, he'll give them an identity. That's oh, something yeah, that yeah, We'll yeah, give him, we'll give him that much credit. Um, Everton bands once sang, "I don't care too much for money because money can't buy you stones." And then they sold him the first, the previous summer to uh, yeah. to Man City. Funny old, game, funny old game, funny old game. And it changes, how it changes. But yeah, um, that is exciting. Exciting to, to see Exciting There's work. no transfer happening Well I think so It's going to be very It's going to be well, it, it means that The rest of that Opens up right Because it means that If Kane was United's Top striker target And the Kind of guy in I league... honestly don't know Where this, where they land mm-hmm. now I, I really don't know That's they... what I mean That's why it's exciting Because we're on The roulette wheel
2: of chance all of Yeah a Jack's got a horse in this race He wants Ams to be a success And
0: Obviously yeah. with Harry Kane And team They're going to be An awful lot better I've got to say I've got to say, uh, you know, out of all the things, Ange has always used a really high-volume presser number nine, right? He's yeah. used these kind of players that really work out in, in, in various areas and have been hugely important to the way that his teams have worked. Kyogre has been at so obviously, but when he's not been in there, he's used guys as a nine, who presses like a lunatic, like a demon in, in so many ways. And actually, what I've seen from this Tottenham club I actually really like the idea of Richarlison as a nine under, yeah. under Ange. So okay. I think, Kane as a 10. Well, yeah. I mean, we you obviously find a way to play him in there. But if he lost him, I actually do wonder if that he gets a little bit more leeway because people are like, well, he's lost Harry Kane. You know, he's having to redesign this team from the ground up. Mm. Does that actually give Ange a little bit more mm. wiggle room to work with because he's not as expected to be straight off the bat yeah. successful all of just a sudden? I think it heaps the pressure on even more. That's that's the thing. Harry Kane
2: is to get out of jail free card, you know, maybe fifteen times a season. Genuinely, Spurs could win fifteen games in a season that they don't deserve to win and don't play well in. But Harry Kane scored. That's the problem. And, and having it? that crutch while you try to assert. That's goals. what Levy can't lose. That's that's the key. That's what he can't lose. Um, it's 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 just too much of a risk on his part. And yeah, it's a risk because in a year he loses him for nothing and he has to replace it like that. That is equally as risky.
0: Yeah.
2: But to know that Kane might get him into Europe and might stabilize things, and they've got another year to figure it out. Figure it out. Apparently, is more important to him right now.
0: Okay. Alrighty, right. We've got another retro Chelsea shirt, and Armin is with us. How you doing, mate?
1: Hi, good. How are you guys?
0: Yeah, very, very good, mate. Very, very
3: good. I had two questions to ask. One is for me, and one is for the friend of the pod, Lucas.
2: He is... No, the second one can't be. It. Sorry,
5: <laughs> he is in the line, but he's in a difficult situation to do to ask a question himself. So okay, <laughs> he's it, so.
2: yeah, he's driving his Amazon van. Yeah.
5: <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> All right, far away mate. The first question is that, uh, is there any other reason than uh, wages that Mount would leave Chelsea? Because I
4: thought of him as like a Lampard figure in Chelsea to like stay there until end of his. Or time there like thirty five something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's a
2: really good question. They, I mean, the problem with Mason Mount right now is he comes across as like being like a money grabber. Like this was all about money. It's not about needing money or wanting to be like richer than everybody else. It's about being appreciated and being rewarded for what he's given back to Chelsea in accordance to what other people on his same level are getting. So. Reece James is elevated to this wage of, of two hundred and seventy thousand pounds a week. Mason Mount's offered two hundred thousand pounds a week. They're like, why is our player worth seventy grand a week less to you than Reece James? Like, what? What is the disparity here? What they they couldn't get their heads around why that would be the case. Um, Can I try and answer that for them? Reece James is potentially the best right back in the world, in, within two years, Mason Mount is never going to be the world's best number ten. Mm. Maybe. But from the disp- seventy grand a week difference is is a lot, and a lot. I don't, and on top of that, they were making signings like Raheem Sterling for again three hundred thousand pounds a week, and looking at you know Kula Bali was coming in, um, they had who else signed on big money? Kai uh, Havertz probably wasn't who? <laughs> <laughs> um, Enzo Fernandez. So all these people came in and they're all earning way more than Mason Mount, and he's still be like, offering two hundred thousand pounds it was more a respect issue. It's more that they felt that they were more deserving of a better contract offer and they know other people will be willing to do that. And if Chelsea, there's, there's a lot of friction there, I'd say now, and Man United are willing to pay him that. I don't think Man ever expected to leave Chelsea, if I'm totally honest. But he will. Like, players do move on. And as weird as it will be to see Mason Mount in another club's shirt, and it will be really, really weird if they can't solve this in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's done, mate. Oh, the done. thought of that I must be giving you nightmares. Mason Mount in a Manchester United shirt. Let's yeah, is... next
5: season. <laughs> that is my mate.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, right. Let's have Lucas's question, shall we? Uh, Lucas asks, uh, "What are the uh, what the strong uh, strongest links for uh, Gabri Vika are?"
2: Because he wants to, he was linked to every big club like Chelsea, Liverpool, Newcastle and City at one point. And he wanted to know uh, what do you guys think, uh, what what would you guys like to see him? As? Yeah, yeah I mean, good. you might as well talk about him as a fit, to be honest, because I don't think anybody <laughs> he's just passing it all knows, knows of where he's going to go. I mean, yeah. there's, yeah, even beyond no, that, like Newcastle, one,
0: one of those thing. players who has played in numerous different roles. And we've seen, you know, we've talked about Alexis playing 6, eight, ten 10. We've talked about Jude doing it in the past. So we've seen Gabriel Vega do something similar this this year. But I think he's best in a more attacking role, in that sort of eight, ten hybrid role. In a sort of Borellery role, actually, it is probably where... A bit wider? Or... Yeah, a little bit. Um, he, I think that from what I've watched of him, there's elements of kind of Valverde when he's going forwards in that long stride, that ability to strike the ball distance. Is such a pure striker of the ball. Um, but also, I think, like long term, you'd be looking at a kind of Steven Gerrard esque kind of player. That, the kind of wow. physical profile, the ability to strike from range, the ability to create. I like all of those qualities, and I'm not saying it because of the Gerrard comparison. But I think he fits really well as an eight in a Klopp system, right? right? Because he has the work rate, he has the defensive ability, but actually he also brings that creative nous from the midfield that. I think that Liverpool have maybe lacked of late. So I would love to see Gabriel Vega as the right hand eight in in a Liverpool team, but I don't think they're going to buy him. And therefore, I'm struggling to find the right spot for him. Right,
2: Newcastle.
0: Yeah. Although, if they're about to sign Barella, then that's going to struggle. When well, Barella falls through, we're holding when Barella, Barella falls hold through. On one, well, I wonder how much they'd have to pay. So, those are the, you know, what's the question mark on? You're probably not going to pay more for Gabriel Vega than Barella no, at I this point. I don't think that's. No, but, there. No, but
2: I think the 50 million fee attached to we've got right now is a false fee, right? I mean, I think. Unless, yeah, let's unless be, inter- just to be honest, it's probably costing 80 million. Wow. 80 million. Mm. So if Gabri Vega's more like 40 or 50, first of all, that bankrolls sell to Vigo for a year entirely. Um, and second, is a much more reasonable price point for that kind of area. Yeah. And yeah, yeah more within Newcastle's budget.
0: I like it a lot. Um and that's where I would like to see him end up. I think he'd be I think he good in Liverpool. I think he'd be excellent in Newcastle as well. I, I I like that as a midfield three. There's lots of, lots of things going for that. Um but yeah. I just worry that it's not gonna necessarily be priced out of a move because I think that Celta will let him go oh. when when the time comes. But I, I do worry that the teams that maybe he'd thrive within and actually you know, Li- Liverpool and Newcastle are the two of the top tier kind of places I can see as landing spots, right? But I would struggle with him at a Chelsea, although it depends what this Pochettino side looks like. I'd, I'd struggle with him in a kind of two. Mm. He'd have to be the 10. And if you've got, you're have got you buying a 10 to go alongside in Kunku and have it, I'm not comfortable there. Yeah. I'm not 100% comfortable with him at Manchester United because I think that Bruno Fernandes swallows up so much of the creative hub of, of that team. And you don't necessarily want him as that Eriksen figure next to a Casemiro. That doesn't work for me either. I'd like him at City, but... You'd be he would be behind Kevin De Bruyne in that role, and I'll be out Calvin Phillips, mate, for a spot mm-hmm. on the bench. So it's that that's a little bit uncomfortable. So so I think he just needs to go somewhere he's going to get minutes, and mm-hmm. it's kind of be difficult to put him in a place where he's going to get minutes at the price that I think sells the value, and that's where I'm. I think I think Newcastle's it. the answer there. Well, there we go. I, I think, think it's Newcastle, um, and I think everyone would be happy. They just would be delighted. Lucas, Lucas will be absolutely <laughs> over the moon to hear this. Um, Armin, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Not so much. Oh, good. Oh, good. I think we might have a couple more. Let me just let me just check. Eric's coming on next, so Eric's just been loaded up into the into the. Season. We're added. We're added time. We here. are in added time. So it's a world.
2: It's a World Cup game. Isn't it? It is it
0: yeah, this Yeah, we're going through as many yeah. as we can possibly get through. But Eric's lined up next. Um, looking forward to talking to Eric. But I like that out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Gabri Vegas. He's Newcastle. been linked to Newcastle, hasn't he? As, well, I'm sure everyone's been linked. to. Yeah, yeah, That's true, true, yeah. Also, Dean, what was this thing with Newcastle? I heard earlier that there was FFP regulations suggesting how many players they get signed, not necessarily for how much, how many players. And I was like, that surely doesn't add up. Doesn't but I saw some reports coming out of the Telegraph, etc., that they were only able to sign two players this summer. Yeah. It seems like a lie. I mean, doesn't doesn't add up, does it? That's, that's, that's not how it works.
2: Maybe they meant they can only sign two players because they will insist on spending £35 million. Well, they're also, players. like, leaking that, you know, there's a budget of £75 million. They want to sign five players this summer and they're being linked with Barella at £50 million. That means they've got £25 million left to buy a left, left-sided left centre-back, another centre-half, a forward, I think a left-back? I mean, where are you going to find that? <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them for trying to... Brief that they can't spend too much because they will, they will. Yeah, but it's nonsense. They will be taken advantage of this summer. Luke
0: Edwards, Luke Edwards wrote two days ago.
2: Yeah, so basically, look, it's it's Luke Edwards obviously like part of the Newcastle pack, and he's well informed. There's like four or five different sources at Newcastle that feed different journalists, different stories, and so they all come from different angles, and and the answer is usually somewhere in the middle. Like it's it's really difficult to to manipulate. Um, the coverage of Newcastle
0: because there are different leaks that come out. Okay. All right. Well, there we have it. We, uh, we are learning as we go we are on do. the job at, at this point. It's Nathaniel at the back Nathaniel post. The the back Nathaniel post. at the back post. It's all gone mad. Um, right. Second. Is Nathaniel with us? Nathaniel, are you there? <laughs> yes.
1: Hooray. Can you see me? Got, yeah. Oh uh,
5: what's going on? <laughs> man, listen, I've Come been up, listen, right? I've been listening to you guys from the very first day I've been what I've been watching you guys or listening to you guys from the very first day <laughs> you guys started, man. Like you guys are so incredible. I appreciate what you guys do, man. I appreciate it. Uh,
0: thanks, oh thanks really man. This you. is a perfect ending. This is the best. Feed thing. our egos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh good. What's your question again?
5: <laughs> I appreciate it, man. You guys are incredible. My question is, is there any is there any way that you guys see Leon Goreska getting uh coming to Man United? Or what other big midfielder you guys see coming in the future?
2: Yeah, I like this. Um Jim. I I can't believe that he's even might be up for grabs. Um, well, we spoke about
0: Bayern earlier, right? And we talked about the fact that the fans are just quite tired of Goretzka. So uh, I suppose that ties into... So they've had Sabitzer. He's done pretty well. Yep. Well, Goretzka's
2: better. Yes. Goretzka's always been a better version of Sabitzer. Mm, not the, exactly yeah. like, like... But yeah. he's better. He's, he's definitely better. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is this is great. <laughs> yeah. If you if you're suddenly go into next season with Goretzka and Mason Mount, it's a massive squad upgrade from where you are. If you've got rid of... McSominay and Sabitzer. Or Fred. that's what you've lost. Or, or Fred, yeah, whatever you've... So I think that if the opportunity genuinely is there, which is being suggested from German sources that he is available, absolutely go for it. Like, it's perfect for what Man United are heading right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the ideal... It's like, it's not like we sit here and we talk about Man United's needs and we know that ericsson has been shoehorned into a deep progressive role because they didn't get Frankie. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Leon Goretzka is the answer to those problems, but it is a little bit it's about half fix it's a plaster and it's also a player that true to my ethos if he's for some reason he's on the market and someone's stupid enough to let him go they can pay yeah and go and get him because that's, Goretzka's that's,
0: a brilliant player he's also a, a big you know a big player who's played at top level who's yep. played in Champions League late stages who's won Bundesliga titles we're trying experience. to change yep. if you're trying to change the culture yep. then i think that these are the kind of players you bring in. Like I think that's right. I mean, look, I think the perfect six for Manchester United, or well, six eight, if you will, at this point, is Romeo Lavia. In that he can learn from Casemiro while also playing alongside him. At you know, he can do both roles. He can be kind of shaped into that long-term Casemiro replacement yeah. whilst playing alongside him for the time being, and yeah. that's a nice duality. Yeah. It's really hard to find that progressor who's also
2: experienced, who's also then available. Mm. Like, I always point to Ismail Benassir in this in this situation. I don't know, did he get his contract sorted with Milan in the end? Yes. Yeah, so. so that's probably I'm off the table. table. Shortest is so small. I know that we want experience, but Romeo Lavia is such a good player. Yeah. He's you, if play. he's on the
0: table, United should be all over that. You're all, all over, over that. that. <laughs> Nathaniel, thank you so much. That <laughs> was amazing. Uh, thank you. Good to, to see you. Incredible. Um, great to chat to you. And on That bombshell, Show, we are actually going to call this a day. Thank you so much to all of you for tuning in today. Thank you to everyone at Prediction who's helped make this a reality. Thanks to our producer in the studio, Mr. James Lorenzo, who hasn't been on screen, but has been doing the business from over there. Absolutely. Thank you very much to the rank on Mr. Sam Tai. Cheers, buddy. This was fun. It was lots of fun. I had a great time. Thank you very much to our transfer group, Mr. Dean. J. Cheers, mate. That was good fun. I liked it a lot. I've been Jack Collins. This has been Ranks FC on prediction with your interactive summer transfer preview window show. We hope that you will join us again on here later in the summer. We're looking forward to trying to make more of these things happen. Thank you so much for everyone who bought tickets, everyone who's tuned in on Twitch, and everyone behind who helped this happen. Take it easy, gang. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and...